voices It's up to you and me To shine a guiding light and lead the way United by our cause We have the power to pursue what we believe We'll achieve the realization of our dreams Hello, welcome to this episode of New Horizons. I'm Vaughan Benison. Thanks for your company. The major part of New Horizons this week features the editorial from the current edition of Blind Citizens News. You'll know that Blind Citizens News is the quarterly magazine from Blind Citizens Australia. It was released last week. Normally we speak with editor Jonathan Craig, but I thought we'd do something a little bit different this time around. And the main reason is because I really liked the subject of the editorial. And I don't mean on the face of it, because I am a big Stevie Wonder fan, as most of you who know me will know. But I really enjoyed and appreciated the subject matter of Jonathan's editorial. The other reason I decided to bring it to you in this week's program is it does cover a bit about what you can hear or see in the current issue of Blind Citizens News. So I thought I'd save Jonathan the 15 minutes that it would take him to do an interview. Let's talk about Stevie Wonder. Is that an outtake from his weird concept album Journey Through the Secret Life of Plants, I hear? Or is it the sound of all of you groaning? Okay, so let's talk about why you don't want to talk about Stevie Wonder. I understand, of course. As one of the most well-known people who are blind in the world, he is, for many, the only point of reference, and thus a predictable point of comparison. I've heard many stories of people being manhandled towards pianos to show off their presumed musical genius. It gets much worse if you have ever shown any interest in music at all. For someone who's thought of as our most prominent living spokesman, Wonder speaks surprisingly rarely about living with blindness. There are certainly examples. He used a speech at the Grammy Awards to call for better accessibility. Usually, though, He chooses to engage with it playfully, like when he appeared in the driver's seat at the beginning of his carpool karaoke segment. He most succinctly summed up his point of view on the topic when he explained that since he'd known nothing else, he wasn't that interested in talking about it. Stevie's blind. Please, he said. It's fact, but it's not important to me. This is a very familiar sentiment, which Chrissy Brincat grapples with in her brilliant piece later this issue. Many of us don't want to be defined by how much vision we have. I've been similarly hesitant to discuss my experience with blindness for fear of becoming trapped by it, forever that blind writer. But for others, Wonder's approach feels like a wasted opportunity. One of the top questions people ask about him on Google is, is Stevie Wonder really blind? There are hundreds of YouTube videos exploring this conspiracy theory, micro-analyzing videos and TV appearances to prove he's faking it, because no real blind person could achieve what he has. We don't have the luxury of avoiding those people the way he can. We constantly have to face down society's low expectations of us. To defend ourselves against challenges like, how can you watch a movie? Or, how do you use the internet? As far as I'm aware, he's only addressed the theory once. 
As he walked out of LAX, a photographer asked him whether the rumour was true. I'll always tell you the date and time, he replied, as his entourage ushered him towards his limo. Why has he been so quiet about such a ridiculous accusation? A short interview explaining how he conducts daily tasks could have put the idea to bed forever. And everyone who saw it would have been less likely to ignore us and speak to our sighted friends when we enter a shop or double-take when we talk about going to work. Why couldn't Stevie Wonder just once use his platform to be a teachable moment for the sake of his peers? VCA's president, John Simpson, was born less than three years before Stevie. Though there are very few comparisons we can reasonably draw between them, they grew up familiar with some of the same technology and might have dealt with similar attitudes towards vision impairment. But Simpson seems to have taken a very different approach. This year, he was appointed as a member of the Order of Australia for his outstanding service to Australians who are blind or vision impaired. At the end of his recent interview on New Horizons, John said it was as much a reflection on our organisation as on him personally. I want to take this opportunity to work with BCA to celebrate the award from that point of view, he said. Through decades of paid and volunteer work, John has dedicated himself to making society safer, more inclusive and more empowering for us. His selflessness and energy set an example I know I will never match. In this issue, you'll also read more about Martin Stewart's remarkable achievements in decades of advocacy work. You'll read about the vital work of BCA founders Hugh Jeffrey and David Blythe, whose forward thinking made BCA what it is today. And you'll read about Leonie Barber, who decided to undertake a long and arduous fight with the Queensland Government, not just for herself, but for others like her, concerned about their safety. Given my admiration of these people, do I think Stevie Wonder is wrong for not doing more advocacy work? Not really. Because of his celebrity, his life is very unlike a typical person's in most ways. His wealth has probably given him access to the best adaptive tech in the world. He has a choice whether or not to deal with the practical issues we face on a daily basis. I don't begrudge him any of that, by the way. Through the albums and concert tickets I've bought, I'm sure I've funded a talking microwave or something, and I hope he loves it. But I also think his experience of blindness differs so much from most of ours that I don't know how well he can really represent us. There is more he could say and do, of course, but I don't believe he has an obligation to dedicate his public speech to a cause he's not passionate about. And I'm sure the very fact of his public life has ultimately done more good than harm to the way we're perceived, even if there is a long way yet to go. I believe I had the right to never mention blindness in my work, just as Wonder isn't being deceptive when he talks about seeing in his lyrics. I saw problems I felt I could address, and had ideas I felt were valuable to our community. 
I'm happy with my choice, because it was my decision, not my duty. If we judge Stevie Wonder's choices, then we're prescribing the right and wrong way to approach living with blindness. And I'm not comfortable with that. But I think we clearly need both kinds of people. Behind Wonder's success was the work of countless advocates who removed barriers and built systems so his natural talent could get the attention it deserved. His freedom, unfortunately, may still be the exception, not the rule. Up until 1985, the Royal Victorian Institute for the Blind, an organisation whose very name was a promise to stand up for us, was still employing us in workshops for laughably low wages. How many people in his generation missed out on reaching their full potential because they never met the right people or had the right resources? The workshop may be mostly a thing of the past, but the battle for better employment opportunities is still one of BCA's top priorities today. There are still barriers that need breaking down and more systems that need building, so we can all have the same opportunities everyone else does. We may not think much about how well our eyes work, but society does. And even a visionary who inspired generations of musicians can't fully escape the gravity of that fact. So here's to Stevie Wonder, the pioneering musical genius. And here's to John Simpson, AM, to all who came before him and all who follow in his footsteps. Tireless advocates working towards a world where blindness can be as important or unimportant to us as we want it to be. And that was the editorial by Jonathan Craig from this edition of Blind Citizens News. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Now, as I was reading this, I had a thought it would be really interesting to try to put some feedback into next week's program. So what I'd like you to do is to record a couple of minutes on your opinion of Jonathan's editorial. Not the editorial as such, but there are two questions to which I'd like the answer. The first question is, do people like Stevie Wonder and people who have a reasonably high profile, who happen to be blind or vision impaired, have an obligation to use their public platform to talk about blindness and vision impairment and the issues that surround it? The other question I'd like to know from you is, how do you feel when people ask you about your blindness? Is it something that you're comfortable with and, and you're comfortable to stand there for half an hour and talk to them about the issue? that you face and how you do daily tasks and things like that? Or are you the type of person who would prefer that people get to know you as an individual rather than focusing on the blindness? And how do you react to that? So just a couple of minutes, you can either ring 1-800-033-660, and leave the feedback on the BCA feedback system, or you can record it and email it to me at new.horizons at bca.org.au new.horizons at bca.org.au What are you doing in this time of isolation? I did put a call out a couple of weeks ago for people to pass in some tips and tricks about how to deal with being isolated and uh, what sort of things that they're getting involved in and what they're doing. I haven't had many responses, but uh, keep them coming in. It's always interesting to hear, and uh, we may feature some of them on coming programs. One of the things that uh, that I've been finding is that I've been doing an awful lot more socialising through the Zoom platform that we talked about last week. Um, in fact, I think uh, I had three Zoom meetings this weekend with uh, friends and family, and it's great to catch up with people. And uh, my wife and I were saying actually that uh, we've done more socialising in the last weekend than 
than we've done in the last six months. But anyway, what are you doing in this time of isolation? Let us know. That's it for this week's program. But before I go, do let me remind you that the Women's Branch of Blind Citizens Australia are doing quite a number of things in this time of isolation. They have a book club that they're running and they're also doing some afternoon chats um, several times a week. I forget exactly how many times a week, but if you'd like to find out more, you could email nwb at bca.org.au, nwb at bca.org.au. Janine Sadu is the president of the National Women's Branch. If you'd like to get in touch, contact Blind Citizens Australia and uh, get someone to get Janine to call you back and you can find out how to get involved with those teleconferences. Don't forget, of course, course, the BCA Happy Hour conferences are still going on. And for those of you living in Tasmania, the BCA Tasmania branch is doing weekly catch-ups at 11 o'clock on a Saturday as well. If you'd like to know more about that, you can contact BCA. The Happy Hour conversations, of course, are at 11 o'clock on Monday, Wednesday and Friday and at half past seven on Tuesday nights and Thursday. As I said, that's it for this week's program. I hope you've enjoyed it. I'll talk to you again next week. We'll achieve the realisation of a dream Of a dream